Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 170 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We're a podcast of science. Jolly comedy. And ignorance. Yuletide ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. I'm Gregoire. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, I'll teach you how to increase your signal to noise by adding noise to your signal. And ho, ho, ho. Then we're off to Wimbledon. But before we get to that, what has happened to you this festive week in science? Well, there was a solstice. There's the good old solstice, which I'll talk about more later on. The, the, uh, the of course, the summer solstice in, in, the, in the courageous, brave and sexy parts of the world. But most of the population call it the winter solstice, being in the Northern Hemisphere and being weird. The 21st of December, I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. We, can all, we can all share that. Yeah, we all have the solstice. The hottest of course, day of the year. The hottest, the hottest day of the year. It's 36 degrees Celsius where I'm sitting right now. So it, it's a bit warm. And it's going to be 39 tomorrow. Good times. Uh, so that's what that's winter solstice for you. No, it's not. But <laughs> stupid North people. Uh, we, anyway. should, we should probably take these felt Santa costumes off. <laughs> that's, it's, I actually had to do that for work last friday oh my goodness anyway uh oh, also was- oh you think that's bad i've done a caribbean cruise one where i have to dress as a sea captain and my costume is of course an actual navy woolen co- woolen <laughs> jacket which i bought from the navy for an absurd amount of money mm. and those things are designed for standing on the deck and looking at icebergs mm. i mm. melt why do we do this to ourselves it's ridiculous and of course there was the grand conjunction between jupiter and saturn Closest they've been 400 years in the sky. Not actually close, not physically close in the, as in they didn't like zoom past. The Saturn wasn't like Nyaw! past Jupiter or something. But but the alignments looked like they were getting pretty close. That was pretty fun. I didn't think they'd ever get together again. No, they've, like, they've, um, there's a lot. They've got all those stories in the media about mm, Saturn and mm-hmm. Jupiter and they're falling out. Well, that's what, well, it's, it's a father-son thing because that's you know you had Jupiter, king of the gods, and Saturn was the his dad, and father and son drifted apart. But once every twenty years, they get back together for a reunion. It's oh, lovely. at Christmas time. Well, and this then time they have a fight and they leave for another twenty yeah. years. <laughs> Someone mentions Donald Trump, and then it's on for one and all, and away they go. <laughs> Jupiter is really racist. Right, <laughs> it's all his misogyny and, and rooting around. That's his. That's his thing. All his wives and his dad's like, "Come on, son, get your whack together." Oh, is that how he got that big red spot? Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it'll clean up one day, but like, he just gives it just to everyone else. Fire, just firing penicillin into it. <laughs> but that was it. that was just what happened to everyone. I discovered something that was very lovely that I just didn't know. Do you know what the ampersand is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful name for a girl. Oh, little little ampersand. An ampersand is a little thing on your keyboard. Looks like a snake, and you you put it in between fish and chips instead yes. of the and. Yeah, it's basically and. It's and. I mean, yeah, it's it's. But it's it's used like a, it's a fancy and. Fancy and. That that way, if you want to put fish and chips, you don't have to put fish and 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 chips. Yes. You can put fish and ampersand and chips. Yes. 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 You, you, yep. Yep. Exactly. It makes it much much. Much, but much, you've got to be uh, careful about the space between the fish and 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 and, and chips because, <laughs> you know, the kerning's got to be right. This is going to be a, a dog to edit just by saying and, 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 ampersand, and chips. 
<laughs> yeah, I may have got that wrong. <laughs> it, it becomes a it becomes a maths challenge now. Right in, if you think that. Anyway, but I'm the, completely uh, buffaloed. <laughs> the an ampersand comes from the word et uh, in Latin. So et et tu brute and you brutus. So it's it's and. And yes. when people were writing it originally, it was E and T next to each other. So the, the symbol for E and T that in the end kind of got turned into the, the little snake, don't step, tread on me snake over time. So it was just, it's an E and a T right next to each other, oh, running right. ropes together kind of thing. So Having a own little conjunction. And yeah. And it was considered the 27th letter of the alphabet like in the 19th century so you go a b c d e f g h j k l m n o p q r s t u v w x y and z and z z no z, no you z. already said and y and no z. No, it's still no, no, in no, there. no 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 so y and and z and the z z wait, z wait, I'm wait. confused what do we so say in australia x y z and and and, and chips and chips but to make it so that didn't, you didn't make the mistake you would say and per se and and so what you're saying is and by itself and right per se so but unfortunately by the time you run it together you go x y z and per se and it becomes ampersand ampersand <laughs> so it's a rebracketing it's it's like the word in spanish so we took the word alligator from spanish and it's el legato, meaning the lizard. But we say it fast: el legato, el legato, el legato, alligator. And it gets alligator, alligator. And then our word for, it becomes alligator. So same with ampersand. So we're saying and per se and it becomes ampersand. Oh wow! So now we have this. Yeah, we have this cool word. Yeah. So it, they used to say things like I per se I because the letter I is a is a letter, but I also is a word that means it's a pronoun. I. Mm. So. So you could say when you talk about the letter and the word, you say I per se I. So I am um, I and basically and the word by itself I is in the sentence. So you'd say I per se I or and per se and. So and, yeah, it's very weird. Mm. Uh, but we, yes, we, anyway, we, that was, we've sorted that, out language now. Language is perfect now. It's Lol. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> that it's, was my it's mad lit. Oh, the one that's blowing me away. I need anyone who knows anything about words. I think I've discovered something that young people, young those young people are doing, which I've I was I've become aware of, and I just don't know if I've missed it. They're losing the word it in the sense. So someone says online, like I'm watch, watching something on YouTube or something like that, and a young person says, "Oh, that was totally worth." Ah. And you go, and you go, "Oh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed." And I keep going, enjoyed it, enjoyed the show, enjoyed what? What have I even, I mean, obviously by context, it's the thing they're talking about. And they just keep losing the it at the end. And I don't know if it's just something that, is it a cultural, is it an American cultural thing? Is it, I can't find it online, but, and I don't know if it's new. I've asked colleagues, I've talked to a few people and no, no one else seems to notice this weird thing that I've noticed. I, it's, it's freaking me out. Uh, so there you go. Have I just moved to another dimension where we don't use the word it? I'm not sure. It sounds like, British scouser, that sort of. Uh, oh, you right, you right, you enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, like, it sounds. It's yeah, got that sort I, of. Yeah, maybe. Yes, yeah, I guess so. So, if you're a linguist, we should probably contact Gretchen McCulloch and see what she can say about it. Because I'm, I may have discovered a whole new, like the birth of a dialect that's happening amongst yeah. the youth. Uh, it would be interesting to see what she thought of. <laughs> 
Am I doing it? Am I still young? You did it. You got it. TikTok. Cool. TikTok. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to finish with TikTok. You've got to say, yeah, well, no, not you. We are far too well for TikTok, my darling. <laughs> so last episode, Gregoire, yes. I asked our listeners where they heard about us, just as a whim, just because yeah. I, like, I like to know that they exist. You're very whimsical. Yeah. And I discovered I need to send a gift basket to Anna Chazinski from the No Such Thing as a Fish <laughs> podcast because 95% of response mm. was from you guys who have found us that way, which is weird because when we were called out on that podcast, we had like a thousand listeners. Yeah. And then we got this big influx and now none of those original thousand are here. It's just you guys. <laughs> There's no such thing as a fish, guys. You've you've filled the niche. You've outcompeted them. You've outcompeted the the, the initial (laughs) listeners. This is evolution in in action. That's right. I I think it's just that the the no such listeners are just meaner and bigger and and more fecund and just have more babies. That's all it is. They just breed faster. You're sexy beasts and you know where to put it. Ooh. You know, you got those conjunctions happening. You were mentioning how hot it is there. It mm. is horrifyingly warm right where I am right now. Mm, good. good. <laughs> Mostly because in order to keep the audio quality absolutely clear for our beloved listeners, I have to close the door and turn off the fan and sit mm. in an aquarium. <laughs> of your own juices. Yes. It yes. started as a terrarium and now it's an aquarium. <laughs> I've just sweated that much. I'm up to my waist in it. Yeah. But it, it's, a, it's, oh, it's a dance own sous vide. Yes. <laughs> it made me think, though, about heat and aquariums. Because mm. I had a circumstance many, many years ago where I popped in on a friend who was house-sitting. And the, the owners of the house, he says, come stay at our beautiful house. You'll really like it. You'll be really relaxed. Have a party if you want. That's fine. One thing... I, we just need to look you to look after our fish. Mm. Super easy. Try to they don't get out. They're nope. just they're in the nope. tank. Well, they well, if they do, it's over very quickly. You yeah, you just have to feed them and mm. you know make sure no catastrophes happen. Mm. So we turn up and it is boiling and he is <laughs> panicking yeah. because there's been fish deaths already. Oh no, it's so hot and I think he's like he's anxious about the idea of putting ice in or something because you don't want to shock them no 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 and so he's like how not, how on earth do i keep them cool and so the whole aquarium which is in the middle of the room like this is a proper aquarium these people care about their fish or at least did until he killed them spoilers the whole aquarium surrounded by pedestal fans and i walked in and i went no. wait a second <laughs> no Greg, why don't you explain to our listeners? No, no, what's please. Gonna happen no, no, don't be, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tut knowingly in the background. No, well, that's because because I was it like, feel, it I, doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's gonna work because because fans cool things down through evaporative cooling. Yes. So the moisture on the surface draws the heat out, and then mm. the air evaporates it and sends the heat away with the water vapor. Yes. So if yeah. you've got a fan and it's just on the side of a fish tank, that the outside of that fish tank is dry, 
Yes. It may have some convection ability, as, as in, because you'd have, you'd have, if, if the air is warmer next to the fish tank and you can blaster in some co- moving colder air, that would convect yeah, some of the Except heat all away. the air he's pushing at it is the same air. Yes, it was well, already then, yes. up against the fish tank. That's, yes, yes, that's right. Moving air, but by definition, moving air is warmer because it's moving and it's mm. a kinetic energy. So, but not by much, but yes. No. It, but I realize the only thing he's doing with that fan is gently heating up the room with the yes. engine heat. Yes, yes. The engines of all the fan were just gently lifting the temperature <laughs> of the whole thing and then blowing it at the fish tank. <laughs> But I, I thought, and I, I, and so yeah, I think more fish died. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them, but some fish died, and it was mm. very sad. But I watched a movie and enjoyed the party. It was fine. <laughs> so well, the, that was great. But then I went, well, hang on. What if you if you ran the pedestal fan and aimed it at the top of the fish tank, and it was open, mm. then that would be evaporating the water. Yeah, you'd blow away the top, the molecules of the water. I mean, there's some are bound, some get off anyway. That's why. But yeah, I guess you'd speed up that process, so it would yeah. probably cool down. Would it? So it would cool down, or would it would just make for less water? <laughs> well, same thing. You're taking away water molecules, which have some of the heat in them, and because the you know, molecules are moving. Mm. So I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's 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 evaporation. So yeah. yes. So yes, I'm gonna say yes. Unless the unless the water was hotter than the outside air. Uh, but I don't yeah, think that then, was the case. Well then then it's starting to turn to gas anyway. Not not I'm not saying it's a boiling point, but even below boiling point, the, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's not like liquid, liquid, liquid gas. It starts going faster and faster. I mean all liquids are slowly doing it, so that's why you get puddles on the side of the road. We talked about this on the podcast. And before. that's why you get clouds without having to boil the oceans. That's right, yes. Though we're doing a good job of that too. Oh, yeah, we're on our way. We're on our way. Jill, we'll just get a, some big pedestal fans, aim them at the ocean. Ice I'm sure that'll solve the problem. <laughs> so, a big ice cube from the North Pole, like Futurama. Drop it in there. Yeah. I saw something recently about extra clouds, and the in Western Australia, we've had one of the wettest months in November we've ever had, like for decades and decades. And that's because all the monsoonal weather up at the, uh, at the equator has been pushed much further south much much earlier so normally it sort of heads more east and you normally get it it sort of comes across the top the north end of australia yeah. and it comes into queensland but it's got pushed south because of the more turbulent air and it dumped all over perth that's real bad <laughs> that's not great what are you Where talking like, about we're going to irritate the deserts thank you climate change irrigate <laughs> no, irrigate, not irritate. all these lizards are like son of a bitch oh this oh this <laughs> yes i don't know how it cooled down a fish tank i you could put blocks of ice next to it like up against the glass not in it i so you put it up against it and then do you want to thermal shock the glass oh it's pretty tough glass but yeah Yeah. i guess so you'd have to watch that but then what you do is you just have it kind of like when you have a bruise you don't whack ice directly on the bruise Mm. you put it in a cloth and then you put the cloth against the glass and then that will that will the heat will transfer into the ice because it goes from a hotter thing to a colder thing or you get colder water with ice in it in a bag and you put that into the tank and allow it the 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 temperature to slowly yeah Yeah. to heat up the water and then yeah then over yeah yeah yeah. inertia not inertia (laughs) entropy yes yeah 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 that that would make sense or just eat the fish so because well, hang on, but they're cold-blooded, so, like, if you took all the fish out, it's not like the water would be less hot. 
Oh, no, he's fish. They're not fish. mammals. No, they're not, no. I thought you were a vegetarian. Oh, I wasn't doing it for food. I was doing it to uh, minimize their suffering. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, that's ethically. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I will, I will kill and eat any one of our listeners who are suffering. I will, I promise to do that. That's fine. So, like, or, eat, or eat and kill. The, the order is, is. So, if not you'd like st- to be killed and eaten by Greg, our our new patron Patreon tier is available. <laughs> <laughs> this is just escalating. It is. Do you I need see. some genocide done? <laughs> so I get you to insult people, and you're all you're all pooty, and now I have to kill and eat people. <laughs> This is a this is a race to the bottom. <laughs> well, that's the best bit. <laughs> it's that time of year. Dan Tanyan, JJJ Beeston, the festive season, whatever you choose to call it, Christmas around these parts but it's it's you know all sorts of things hanukkah kwanzaa which i only learned from futurama with kwanzaa bot i must admit mm-hmm. it's the thing uh there's you also gotta, you gotta learn these things somewhere you gotta learn them somewhere and it's not uh, like usual pop culture is gonna tell us no no not at all yeah all those different festivals and seasons all the pagan stuff and i really i really like christmas uh, i'm not a christian at all uh, but i really like the feel of christmas i like the the idea behind it of of going home for the holidays and putting up with your crazy aunties and uncles and there's a lot of stress involved but there's something really i really like it it's it's this time of even if even uh, i mean australia it's the end of the year and it's this People go, we will stop now. We will stop yeah. and we will come back in two All weeks' together, time. All together, we're going to agree to put our feet up for just a little bit. Just a bit and just take a breather and then get to it later on. And it's just this acceptable thing. I know lots of people still work and I get it, but it's it's sort of across societies is sort of what we do. And it just feels really nice. I've always been a big, big believer in it and I really enjoy it. And as I've got older, I went to a period where I didn't and then now I've got back into it. And I'm not like crazy putting decorations everywhere but i i really respect the tradition of everyone just take five just take five think about your life come back later on yeah let's all do let's all do it again especially 2020 let's just being, reboot yeah, yeah let's put all of the things that have, we've have been struggling with for the last 12 months and go mm-hmm. yep put a bow on it it's done start a new one yeah and it's, it's really lovely. It's, it's this whole festive season. And I love that in a couple of weeks or in a week or so's time, we have that thing with, between Christmas and New Year where you don't know what day it is, which way is up. Uh, whether you, I've read one online, have I eaten a vegetable in seven days? Just, you know, so many cakes. <laughs> it's lovely. It's a really funny, fun time. And I hope people enjoy it. And I, you know, and I, feel, and I, I feel for you if you don't because, it's, you know, not everyone can. But it made me think, being a man of a certain age and of a certain artistic temperament, I get invited 46. by my... Yes. 46 that, years of age. I am 46 years 46. of age. 46. That's it's the certain age you're talking about. That is. That, that is the certain one. That, 18 that is, years older than me. 18 years older than you. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> uh, let's not, we don't need to worry about the maths. Don't worry about no, the no, maths. No. This is more yeah, about science, we'll... Greg. Come on. Let's <laughs> stay, on, stay on track. Stay on track. And so you get invited, especially when, when you work for an organization that's full of very serious sciencey people. You're the only person that will dress up as Santa. So guess what? I get to be Santa. And I really enjoy it. I actually, I get enjoy being Santa. I am, I get called one of the most off the wall Santas. No one knows which way he's, he's going to go. Like he's going to lob something at your face or, you know, leap over something. It's, it's, um, I ran past this year. I ran past an idea, part of one of my colleagues. I went, ah, oh, 
I just I, I had this idea went, oh Santa goes around December January all around the world delivering presents that's the story we tell on his magical sleigh COVID was about November December so maybe Santa went to Wuhan and then went around the world and Santa is the super spreader oh and my colleague went you cannot say this at Christmas, like the Christmas morning tea. And I was like, I didn't say I was going to. And she went, I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> like, you thought this through and you're desperate to put on a costume and tell someone. I went, oh, fine. And, and uh, yeah, she was right. I really, really wanted to. And, <laughs> and it was one of the hardest things I've ever did was to not do that. Uh, but I was... I well, that's why saying, we've got an audience of thousands of people that you can share this with. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, now you can do it. And not my fault. I dressed up as Santa and I was waiting behind the stacks of books, waiting to appear out of nowhere for those kids and, and the adults there. And as I stepped out, I, I, without thinking, I went, oh, 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 and, and went into it. And afterwards, I was thinking, why? Why do I, why? Why do I say, why is it, it's such a thing? I mean, Santa says, ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. It's, it's, he's known for it. Yep. He's known for, well, run down. You Santa should hear how he answers the phone. How does he? He picks it up and he goes, ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> a little bit of an Edison, no, uh, uh, Alexander Graham Bell joke for you. <laughs> or, or a Montgomery, see Montgomery Burns joke. Oh, I'm not familiar who that, with who that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> not not to not to derail or anything, but um, I think I might be able to beat you in the offensive Santa Claus Ooh. thing because last year I got hired as a drunk Santa, oh, no. and the and the people at the party were like, "You cannot be too rude." The gloves come off. These guys are going to love it no matter how rude you are. You oh, can't, wow. There is no line oh, for you to step oh, so over. They're not saying you can't be too rude. They're saying be they, as rude as you yeah, like. Be as rude oh. as you like. Oh, they don't know you. Drop some C-bombs. We, we don't mind. Oh, like, they don't know they, you they, at all. There is no line. Guess oh, what, Gregoire? Yes. I found the line. Of course you did. Of course I did. I'm very good. You're Dan Tanyan, JJJ yeah. Beeson. Of course you found the yeah. line. <laughs> And when you accidentally propose to the boss that he's sleeping with his daughter, mm. you discover where the line is. And you discover where you need to start backing off <laughs> before you get punched. Yes, that's true. Yes. Look, as long as you get paid. I, just, I, you, I, I didn't paid. know, but I was like, oh, so you on with her? And, he's like, and someone's like, that's his daughter. Is like, oh, so you on with her? <laughs> no, that's, don't, I'm not hearing a no. I'm, I'm doubling down. <laughs> You thought I made a mistake. No, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wonderful. But yes, I was wondering where Ho 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 came from. It really made me think about Santa. So when you think of Santa, what do you think of? What, give, give me a give me a description of Quick Santa. Uh, fat. Fat, yes. Fat. Bearded. Yep. Bearded, yes. Dressed like a Coca-Cola mascot. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Yep, Coca-Cola mascot, of course. Um, uh, yep. Just drunk, like just all the blood vessels in his face burst <laughs> from all the sherry drinking. Yes, yes. While he's driving, um, which is not, not a great. Yep. Thing. While he's driving, actually, you know what? He looks identical to my dad. <laughs> my dad is like a spitting image of the old guy. <laughs> I always suspected as much. That makes you an elf, some sort of some sort of elven thing. Actually, son of Santa, Dan Dan Beeston, son of Santa. <laughs> my, my dad, Doctor Beeston. <laughs> actually has like a really good santa costume that he bought like i would have sent him back hundreds and hundreds of dollars and he loves it 
He oh. loves playing Santa, and he turned up at someone's birthday party in like February. He dresses it, and the guy's like, "This is the best." <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'm going to quickly jump in because I was going to bring up the whole Coca-Cola thing. People may not have heard of that. There's this idea that that in the 1930s that Coca-Cola created the Santa Claus look. That, that the, the white beard and, and the, the red costume, yes. and, and, and it was all a big, and that's now we think of Santa, but it's all a corporate ploy to make us think of Santa in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. What? It's not true, I'm You're afraid. you yeah. my mind. I, <laughs> I mean, Santa's been seen in greens and blues and lots of colors for a long time, browns, but he was seen in red as well. So that was in 1931-ish. And then, but there were evidence of 1906, 1908, 1925, red Santa Claus's white beards. It's, it's, they put a lot of money in, in promoting it, but they didn't invent it. It wasn't something that they created. But they definitely. solidified it in the yes, yeah, in, popular in, the, in the zeitgeist. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the, in the modern day zeitgeist. But they didn't invent that. So don't worry, you're not drinking pure Santa. You're, you're fine. It's all good. So I kept looking into Ho 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 and why why I wanted to know, because I remembered we talked about the podcast before, that ghosts say boo and yes. why ghosts say boo. So I'd heard a long time ago that Oxford English Dictionary compares boo to the Latin boa or the Greek boane to cry aloud, to roar, to shout. So when a ghost says boo, it used to say that, oh, it's saying, I'm yelling, I'm shouting. Ah. And, and that's something I've always believed. That's probably not right. <laughs> so it's all like That's these a, like uh, hip hop ghosts who are like booyah, booyah, yeah, yeah. I am yelling, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm very white, sorry. But once again, our, our, our friend of the podcast, Gretchen McCulloch, has already talked about this a lot. So you probably just go listen to Lingthusiasm and find out. But it seems to be around in the in the, about the 15th century. It was just because the putting a hard consonant and a sound and a gutter a um uh, a vowel sound at the end is actually good for uh, making a sharp, strong noise. So, you, so it's, it's like going, you wouldn't just go, ah, you have to go, you, you could go, um, yar, yar, <laughs> even that's sort of soft. So you have to find a hard, like, do, or do, like, uh, or boom. <laughs> boo is the one that, that kicked in. So we, we have, but it's, it's, it's a very, it's a plosive, but noise followed by, ooh. So, ah. but this has been around since 15th century. Like cock. So, that's another one. C- cock. Cock. It's a nice big... There's a sharp k at the beginning. Oh, yes, and yes. And then, ah, like a, yeah. a roar. Yeah, and, and, and the F word is kind of the reverse. Cough. Sorry, I <laughs> misunderstand what you're asking me. <laughs> now I want to know if actually you swore backwards, if you played it backwards. But I didn't... I, it's, I forgot the saying. It's He wouldn't say boo to a goose. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't say boo to a goose. And what that means is when you want to scare the geese, the most horrible, aggressive waterfowl in the world, then you have to make the noise. I don't want to scare you. So you go, boo, boo, boo. And they, they will run away. So Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, there's a, a very common phrase. Of, yeah, don't say, you didn't, well, he wouldn't say boo. Wouldn't say boo. And, wouldn't and say go, boo. Yeah, he says he stays silent. That's oh, right. Yeah. So it's, it's actually odd. So this, that was that was the, that was like the nineteenth century, by the way. The they wouldn't say boo to a goose was sort of became common. But fifteenth century, it, Shakespeare also had it in there. He talked about saying boo to things. So yeah, it it probably wasn't. I am yelling. It's it seems to be a nice conjunction of ideas. Anyway, but that was what I was looking for. I was looking for ho ho ho. Why does Santa say ho ho ho? And this led me down into 
is Christmas like Christmas is December twenty fifth, and in the Christian religion, that's the birth time of Christ. But where did that come from? So I was like, oh, what's 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 all that about? And it sort of comes from nothing to do with Jesus. It's <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Jesus at all. It seems because mm-hmm. the Bible doesn't mention when Jesus was born. It doesn't go. By the way, it was December. It doesn't. No, nothing. So where does that come from? In AD twenty two. Historian, a Roman historian by the name of Sextus Julius Africanus, he worked out, he said, oh, well, based on his studies, that Jesus must have been conceived on March 25th, and that's nine months before December 25th. So that's the reason, it seems. Oh, I don't and know whether the, I want to think about Jesus being conceived. Well, he was, he was immaculate. So Poor it's fine. Mary and this, and this super worldly creature, like having a crack at her <laughs> as she slept. As you, uh, well, that's, not, that's not great. Uh, but of course, you want to tie in. There's You're lots of different. Atheist. <laughs> there's lots of different. Um, there's lots of different stories from back then. There's like Saturnalia, and there's Yule. All different countries around the world uh, all had these kind of it's winter solstice. I mean, it's it's yeah. every. They all in the northern hemisphere anyway. They had they had these. It was the end of end of time kind of stuff. It was the, the Welsh. It was, had, it was surviving the cold, the coldest and darkest night yes. of the year. Yes. And a celebration that you're going to make it, and you're going to make it back to spring. Yes. Well, and we, as we've talked about before, people in the past weren't stupid at all. They really were watching the sky a lot. They didn't have Netflix. didn't have Disney+. Plus, So they had nothing else to look at but the sky and to make babies. So, like, the Welsh had one called Alban Arthen, which means light of winter, and that's the winter solstice. That was there. Hey, it's all coming back. You know, it's all New mm-hmm. Grange. If you go see the New Grange monument, that's all built around the Alban Arthen festival. Saturnalia was from December seventeenth for seven days to to to, sell, to honor the Saturn, the Roman god of agriculture. So all this kind of cool stuff going on around there. And the Romans were like, yeah, we should probably we should probably get in on that. We should you know lock it all down and make it kind of cool. So they created. They do and I like the calendars. About- Oh yeah, that's right. And they, you, you make sure you don't you don't tell people. If you tell people you can't worship this thing, we're, we're going to stop it. We're going to crush all your worship right now. War on Christmas. War on war, Saturnalia. That word war on Saturnalia. That's dumb because people will do it quietly in the background. But if you say, "Oh well, actually, it's very similar to our wonderful holiday. It's very similar to yours," and you just join them together, and you see a lot with the Romans. So you have the pagan god of Sulus. And then you have the Roman god of Minerva, both the god, gods and goddesses of the water. So when the Romans went to Britain and they went to what's now called Bath and they found the springs, the local people were like, oh, these, these spring waters come from Sulis. And the Romans didn't go, we'll kill you and tell you to stop. They went, oh, Sulis, that sounds like our Minerva. Oh, it's the same god. We worship the same god. So now it's the springs of Sulis Minerva. They just use the old name and the new name. It's very mm. clever. How, it's how you take it over. Now, I never knew this, but this whole something very new to me. I knew about Saturnalia. I knew about Yule. I knew about all these kind of crazy festivals. I somehow had missed Sol Invictus. So the Roman Empire, which is great, what a great name, Sol Invictus, the rebirth of the unconquered sun. It sounds like a Harry Potter spell. It's <laughs> To me, it sounds like... I've Sol Invictus. Playing... Oh, shit, it's oh. on fire. Oh, God, no. Well, technically, he is the unconquered son. He's the boy who never died. So oh. he's an unconquered son. Oh, there you go. There you go. So the Roman Empire, they 
hadn't adopted a, uh, Christianity in the third century at that point, and they celebrated the rebirth of the unconquered sun, Sol Invictus, on December 25th. So it all ties in together. There you go. All tied in as oh, there was, it was the birthday of the Indo-European deity Mithra, which has very similar story to Jesus, born from a virgin, half god, blah, blah, blah. But he liked to fight and stab. So it's all, it's just that time of year, because as you said, it's the mm. solstice. So all this how, kind of how stuff. How do you know which one's the real one, though? Sorry, how do you know which one's the real god? Like, if everyone's making up all these stories, how do you know which one is the it's, actual god a, of the water? That's a that's a great that's a, well, all the same god, Dan. All the same god. No, no, no. I want I want proper documentation and measurements. Thank you very much. <laughs> so going down this pathway, I was just looking for all the different things, all the weird stuff. Now I won't go into them again. Cause I know I'm vaguely obsessed with Krampus, the the uh, Scandinavian. I love Krampus. Yeah, God, check out the oh. Waz Twitter feed to find out how <laughs> obsessed he is with Krampus. At the at the Wa, I've built another good Wa, a good Wa, good a good Krampus costume. But it's Krampusnacht. Uh, for basically, if you're a good person, then Saint Nicholas comes to you. If you're sort of Germanic area people, and if you're not, then Krampus turns up and beats you with a rod. <laughs> a Christmas I rod. Love Krampus. I, the Christmas rod, yay! Hey. I love Krampus. I love Krampus a lot, and I'm very happy that he's sort of back in popular culture. But I was looking into other ones. Iceland, oh my goodness! If we have any Icelandic listeners, lordy lordy be you win, you win everything. I love Iceland. I uh, want to go back there one day. But they have so many weird traditions in Iceland. I what, just the, feel the, very... the, the place with the penis museum have traditions. Okay, yeah, museum. go on then. It's the best. So they talk about there are two, two trolls, or one maybe a giant, Grilla and Lapidy. I'm probably saying this very wrong, and I apologize. But they're uh, trolls slash giants, and they have yeah, they they live in the Icelandic mountains. But they have thirteen Yule lads, and the thirteen Yule lads, there are thirteen of them that come on different days. So there's there's like the the sheep coat clod. He harasses sheep. There's the gully gawk. He hides in gullies and yells at people. There's stubby. He's very short, and he steals pans to eat the crust left on them. There's the spoon licker. He licks spoons. Uh, there's, there's the pot scraper. He, he he scrapes pots. There's the bowl liquor. He is that, is this, bowl. Are these mythical creatures or just yes. kitchen hands? Kitchen hands. Well, every there's Icelandic the door restaurant. The sky gobbler, the sausage swiper, the window peeper, the doorway sniffer, the meat hook, and the candle stealer. I love it. There are 13 of these crazy bastards who come charging in and do all these crazy stuff, all these mystical and, and naughty elven-like creatures that for days just do terrible stuff. Doorway so sniffer? And you, You've got to put your shoes. You've got to put your shoes out, and and then they'll leave. If you're good, they put some fruit in there for you. If they're bad, they'll put a potato. It's well, look, great. I, I prefer potatoes to fruit. Well, you're a bad person. Checks out. I won't go. There's also the Yule cat. <laughs> I just have to read this. I'm just going to read this. The Yule cat sounds like a jazz position. <laughs> and now, welcome back to the sexy sounds of. You'll cat. Anyway, the Yule cat is a huge and vicious cat. Ooh, okay. Who lurks around the snowy countryside during Christmas time, Yule, and eats people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. So if you're too poor for new clothes, you the Yule cat. You'll get eaten by a cat. You'll get eaten by the Yule cat. Ah, oh, I love it. But Sounds like a, a patron saint Ooh. of a homeowners association. 
you may have noticed, Dan, that all these things are all very northern hemisphere. Yes. So it's very, very difficult so to find southern hemisphere information about what do people do in the southern hemisphere there's uh, the best i could find was like santo thomas festival in guatemala but that's northern hemisphere it's just it's it's central america so you know that's and that's a catholic ceremony mixed with some mayan stuff Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to find anything in the southern hemisphere but there's a big continent africa is a big continent Mm. and and australia is a big continent and south america is a big continent can't find any summer traditions people know that it's the summer solstice of course is that because all of our continents tend to be closer to the equator, whereas in the northern hemisphere, you, you people live all the way up to the to the Arctic Circle, and so you, the darkness is more terrifying and maybe and maybe yeah. But I mean, but but I mean, New Zealand is quite close to. I mean, it's quite oh, it's quite low. True. South America, Argentina is very low, as in as in close to the, to the South Pole. Hmm. Cape Town, I mean, Cape Town's the same as Australia, I guess, but that's still quite low. I mean, we are quite far down here. We're, we're quite on the other side of the planet. So oh, I know we're at, we're at the, we're, we get we, we poke into the forties. We don't sort of poke into the sixties yes. where the, yeah, but your the sun I mean, sets at two in the afternoon. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it does get worse. New Zealand and stuff, and yeah, Tasmania's Hobart's getting quite quite down there but you're you're right it can be further down i i think it's more just the culture of writing and the culture i mean china has them too i mean i I, sorry i should have mentioned people like you haven't mentioned china dongji so a thousand year old festival thousands of year old 21st 22nd 23rd celebrating family gatherings and big meals so once again the end of the harvest season also that has roots in the chinese concept of yin and yang so also it's a solstice thing so that's another one there's uh, an iranian one shaba yalda which i probably also said badly but i think it's shabi yalda and that's a persian festival another winter solstice festival but these are all northern hemisphere still hmm. still so i couldn't find any i was very sad but what i did discover which i thought was interesting is how we always think of seasons as four we have you know spring and summer and autumn and winter yeah but that's very northern hemisphere centric <laughs> yes so if you look at the indigenous Australian calendar, there's no one calendar, of course. Mm-hmm. And there, there were before white people turned up, there were 200 such, such groups, countries in our country, mm-hmm. uh, and they all had different things. If you look at the northern, uh, the northern parts of the country, so on closer to your side, the east coast and up the top, so Cairns and around there, mm-hmm. Yiraganji traditional lands, they talk about two things. There's the Karabana and the Karaminya, and so they have the hot and humid. Uh, build up before the wet season, and then you have the wet season. <laughs> right, that's it. That's it. That's it. And they break down into four separate ones. And it's like one. It's like two months called uh, uh, Jin Jim, which is the cool time, uh, which is just everything else is just windy, hot, cyclone, storm. Yeah, hot, so humid. The Aboriginals have four different or five different seasons for heat. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly there's, right. Yeah, there's the, there's the first heat, and then there's yes. the worst heat, then there's the wet heat. Then there's the angry heat. <laughs> yes. Like the like the indigenous word for snow amongst the Inuits, which is supposedly not true either, but that's that's okay. Um I I just found it really interesting. Now the where I live, uh, the Wajak Nunga people, they have six seasons. So they have Birak, Banuru, Dejiran, Makuru, Dejilba, and Kabarang. And they two months, roughly what we call two months. Where we are right now is called birak it's the season of the young and it's the dry and the hot it's the burning time so once again they know is that when all the little birds and 
animals are having babies. Uh, no, that would be that would be spring. That would be Dejilba. Right. So it's the time of because the season of birth is in the October November. That's the Camberang, and it's yeah. after that. So it's a time of time for young people, I guess, because it's getting warmer. You run around well, a bit. I surely suppose. the season of the young would be after the season of birth. So if all these little birds and animals are being born in two oh, months I ago, see. now oh, they're young yeah. and they're all hopping around and yeah, coming out on their sense. branches and stuff. All these young well, birds. Well, it's, it's the start of the year. It's season, or start of our year. It's season of young, season of adolescence, season of adulthood, season of fertility, season of conception, season of birth. So it's, yeah. But they definitely were looking at the sky. They were definitely doing, taking note of the, of the, because they knew when to burn things and when mm-hmm. to plant crops and when to farm and when, like everyone else, like strange enough, everyone else used it as well. But I couldn't find any information about the summer solstice festivals or holidays, probably because they were mainly a non-writing people. They, they were, they were an oral tradition and it's mm. a bit hard when everyone's, you know, dead. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> good times yeah aboriginal santa claus like he's gonna die of heat exhaustion <laughs> well, like yes. we've already established that yes yes and you want to have yes if you want to have people sort of running around yes i suppose so but i, I try to get around the world and find everyone and th- what they actually were studying and what they thought of santa and then i was kind of thinking well why do we why do we believe in Santa? Like, why do kids believe in Santa? Why is this a thing? Why it's imp- it's important to parents, isn't it? Like, don't tell my little Jimmy and Jenny that Santa doesn't exist. It's a big thing. We have this kind of weird, unspoken rule of well, Santa. Oh, by the way, uh, spoilers, children, it's if you're listening. Fun to make fun of kids because they're dumb. Oh, they're so dumb. It's the Christmas spirit. It's like, look how dumb these kids are. Oh, we can all come together and agree that kids are morons. Kids are morons. We had, we had an entire thing about how dumb are babies. Yeah. That was, we, we love that. And unfortunately, Dan, we may not be right. I hate to say this. We, I, I, I hate to say this, but mm-hmm. there's been studies. Yes. There's always, there's always studies. Always studies. So in uh, Jack, uh, Jacqueline Woolley at the University of Texas at Austin found that more than 80% of five-year-olds in the U.S. are convinced of Santa Claus's existence because, you know, that, that size up that fact you think they're dumb or we mm-hmm. think they're dumb. I agree. But it does seem that when they tested these children, so from five to eight-year-olds, and they checked to see how credulous they were, when they said – when they talked to them about things that didn't exist, like animals, like cryptozoology kind of stuff that doesn't yep. exist, then – Kids would, uh, based on their life experience, if you said, oh, there's a, there are horses that climb trees in, in South America, kids would go, nah, because they've seen horses and they know what horses do. Mm. So they're like, no, 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 horses don't climb trees. And so they don't believe it. So they, they have their own way of thinking it through. And if a they would believe someone, if a chef told them that, oh, no, there are definitely horses who live up trees, they would go, nah, you're a chef. You don't mm. know about horses. But if a zoologist or a zookeeper who they yeah. trust went – horses climb trees then they'd go well you've never lied to me before so why would you lie now so i think that's fine i think that shows that's okay Mm -hmm. uh but children want to see evidence so if someone says oh santa claus definitely exists a lot of children are like nah it's a nice story parents but so what do we do we bit cookies and milk yeah and we and we and and presents turn up magically, and we visit the strange man in the mall, and so we show them, we give evidence. And the kids like, oh, we kill a must- deer and leave it hanging on the roof, and go, look, wow, look at Blitzen. That's- Blitzen got <laughs> snagged on the aerial. Wow, your your dad's a he's a mighty man. <laughs> yeah, well, I believed in in Santa Claus until like the age of sixteen, so he was good. He was- <laughs> 
and and also we're very cunning. Uh, parents do things like, oh, so if you want to trick your children, then don't tell your kids, oh, definitely this thing exists. Have a conversation that they're not meant to be listening to. So if we want to make a child believe something, we don't go, hey, children, Santa exists. I say, hey, Dan, have you seen Santa recently? You go, yes, Greg. I have seen Santa recently and I'm glad the children aren't listening to this and but they are listening. So they go, Ooh, 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 they're telling each other. They're very good at picking up cues from mm. us. So children learn from us and the weird stories we tell. Now this of course ties into why we believe conspiracy theories and madness because we hear our parents talking about it when we're not meant to be listening. Ah. And, and our parents go, no, no, it definitely happened. Look, there's a big building for this person that, that we go to every Sunday. <coughs> Uh, yes. Uh, so I did, no one sat me down and told me about QAnon. I found it on the yes! web. Yes. Oh my god. And that's gnostic. That's gnostic tradition, by the way. So what you've just described there is you've earned the knowledge of QAnon. You went ah. and found. You didn't just have someone go QAnon, you sons of bitches. Lucky me. <laughs> yes. So there you go. That was my. That was. That's why kids. So kids aren't necessarily dumb. They. We have to trick them into believing bad things. They because it would be really bad for them to believe stupid things because evolutionary wise they get eaten very quickly. Mm. So we have to tell them. So finally, finally Terry, they. Didn't. Terry Pratchett yes. had a not a nice thing to say about Santa Claus. He said we we teach kids to believe in Santa Claus so that their brains are ready to believe in other things that don't exist like money and honor and <laughs> duty. <laughs> always liked that that's quite yeah well uh, uh so terry we miss him so finally this has been going on forever finally after all this up and down left and right all over the world looking at all parts of christmas having a wonderful time finally why does santa say ho 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 yeah why why <laughs> because he's a big fat man and if he said ha 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 it would sound like he was laughing at you and if he said who who who, we'd wonder what was wrong with him. So it, it's ho 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 is just the sound of a jolly fat man laughing. That's all it is. Sorry, that's that's what I found. I'm real disappointed. <laughs> so was I. Boo! Boo! <laughs> okay, Gregoire. Imagine that I've got a signal, but it's really really weak. Mm, Maybe it's okay. an ultrasound image. There's a vague sense of movement, but you can't really make anything out. You want to see it clearly. Mm-hmm. What would you say if I told you I could hit it with random noise and get a better, clearer signal from it? I'd say you're a madman. Step out of my office immediately. Oh, you, we, we know how to do this little dance, don't we? Oh, look, this, <laughs> this, this segment's coming together beautifully. <laughs> Greg, I want you to imagine a guitar string. You pluck it and it rings out. Perhaps it's a G string. The sound waves travel through the air. Don't grin. I haven't made any jokes about underpants. No. Nope. No, I'm fine. bigger than that. No, no. I'm that's bigger right. than that. Yeah, you're an XL G-string. No, not not, not rising nope. to the paint. Okay. <laughs> that's because of the G-string. It holds everything down. So you pluck the G-string, the sound waves travel through the air, and they gather and in the your ear. Calls. Sorry. They gather in your ear, and the frequency of the note oscillates certain hairs in your ear. The bigger mm-hmm. hairs react to deeper notes, and the finer hairs react to higher notes. There are certain hairs in your ear for that G-string. Mm. Now, imagine that you plucked if that If you have G-string, a hairy G-string, you have to go and get it, like, waxed. Not rising to the bait. Bigger person. Now, imagine that you plucked that G-string, and it was surrounded by A-strings. Those strings aren't going to oscillate. They don't mm. match. 
but stick a G string in there and it will tremble just like the plucked string, although not quite as ferociously. Mm-hmm. So say we have a string and we don't know what note it is. We can't pluck it. We're not allowed to touch it. The information is there, but it's too small to detect. Mm. So we play on a separate guitar, an E, an F, a G, an A, a B, and the mystery string will only oscillate when we find that matching string. Ah, harmonics. Yeah. So say that we just played random notes at that string, but we recorded those notes, and when the string resonated, we'd be able to work out what the mystery string was. Mm, mm, okay, yes. Okay, now imagine we've got a grid of 100 strings by 100 strings, 10,000 strings in total. A grid of 100 strings and 100 things? That's 100 strings. 100 strings by 100 strings. Oh, right, times, times. Okay, yes. I, was, I think we 100 things. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, got it. Okay. Okay, you hit the thing... You with random notes and the information contained within will become clear. So whenever you string an A, all the A strings will vibrate mm. and you'll be able to tell which one's the A's and then the mm-hmm. E and the F. And so by just hitting it with all these random notes and recording it, you can figure out what all the notes and possibly figure out what song it's going to play if you just run your finger across them all. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back to our very weak ultrasound. We're no longer talking about sound waves and strings. Now we're talking about electrical signals. Mm. We, we add noise to our signal and then, using some very clever maths combined with some even more clever engineering, we can find the peaks in each pixel where the noise that we send in resonates with the initial weak signal mm. and boosts it up. Then, instead of an incoherent mess of very close data in our ultrasound, we can set a threshold and get a stronger black and white image. And it's not just multiplying the original signal by the noise. It is Mm. using electricity to find that resonance point. Right, okay. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So it works with sound. It works with electricity. It even works with biology. No. Yeah. (laughs) Cuticular hairs in the tail of a crayfish were studied and they appear to exist to allow the crayfish to detect water pressure changes. So they use ambient noise to help boost the signal in their own bodies in order to help detect these minute differences in the water pressure. Oh my goodness. And this stuff is called stochastic resonance. Ooh. It's a way of getting signal from noise by adding noise to signal. That's that is pretty cool. I I have a fun thing I like to do in, in the shower, talking about G-strings, where I like to try and find the resonant frequency of the space that I'm in. So, oh, right. Because you can you, you get one standing wave. If you, if you get one wave or, or, or a multiple of, of a wave, so yeah. you know, two or two, if you can get your sound waves to do a, a standing wave, then it will get louder because it will reinforce, positively reinforce. Yeah. So I start, I, I go, so so when the, then, when the wavelength when the sonic wavelength is a a whole a, 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 a fraction a full, full it's a full it's not a fraction it's a full wavelength or or a multiplication of a wavelength yes. so two times three times in four the, times five in, times in the distance between the back of your shower and the front of your shower or at least on my mouth to the to the wall and back, yes, that yeah. But if I'm dead, because I'm always oh. standing at the corner, yes. So then I will get a resonant frequency going, uh, and it will and it will positively reinforce inside. So what I hear is 
my voice, even though I'm not changing volume, suddenly my voice to my ears sounds a lot louder because I'm getting yeah, a, a the amplitude of the doubling. wave has increased. Uh, well, on some fraction, yeah, some, yeah, it's it's the amplitude is increasing anyway. Mm. So yeah, and so I, I sometimes I can do it, sometimes I can't. I don't have the range to do it. You try and find multiples. I found sometimes you get multiples of them. Start very low and work your way up mm. and find another frequency. You would because maybe the wavelength would be like say the distance is forty centimeters and you were making a note where the sound wave was 20 centimetres, yep. and then you changed it so it was 40 centimetres, you'd still be getting it, it would still be sort of layering on itself. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. So, because oh. uh, it's, yeah, frequency is once over the wavelength, sorry, the velocity over the wavelength. So you can actually, you can change the frequency of your voice, you're not going to be changing the velocity of sound in the environment because you're not changing the heat, and it's, it's the same environment. I mean, it's if you sound. sucked all the, all the air out oh, of your of bathroom... Course. And if you heat it, I mean, if you heat the air or, or change the pressure, if my bathroom was moving quickly through space or not, you know, yeah, that'd be bad. But I'm in the same space, <laughs> so you can kind of ignore the V. That's so basically it's... the story of Doctor Who, right? Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a weirder Doctor Who if Doctor Who ran around in a bath all the time, in, in a shower cubicle. Yep. That'd be a... Take off your clothes. We're traveling time and space. Hey, young, yes, uh, attractive young woman, come into this shower with me. That's right. Yes, I'm very moist for this towel. Oh, it's so much bigger than I expected. (laughs) Thank you. It's a very very warm shower. So if um, the velocity won't change that much, so the frequency and the inverse of the wavelength have a, a correlation. So you can work out, you can start doing some maths if you want to. But yes, it's a fun thing to try in your in any room. It's what acoustics are based on. If you go into a cathedral and sing in a cathedral, then they will have good acoustics based on the frequency of human voices and the size of the space. So it's there you go, cool. listeners. Pop by to Greg's place and, and measure yourself in his shower. Absolutely. Stochastic, stochastic resonance is something they also have to use in – you talk about very weak signals. Some of the weakest signals, of course, are radio signals from space. So uh, oh, they use a lot so of – so do you guys use that? Yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, to when you to, to get rid of the noise, it's a way of getting rid of noise from the signal. So to find the signal in the noise, sorry, because it, you, it's because when you take a picture of the sky with an optical telescope, the electronics actually in, have noise in them because you, mm. uh, you, the electronics themselves are warm and therefore electrons do their thing, and suddenly you get these pixels appearing, you get noise in there. Yep. So you either you got to cool everything down as much as you can and have it as cold as possible, and, and but you you can also use stochastic resonance to to cancel out some of the noise or to reinforce the signal basically inside mm. it so it's, it's a very similar thing it's kind of the mathematical version of adaptive optics so which is mo- actually moving the mirrors back and forth of an optical telescope to get rid of the to get rid of the shakiness of the atmosphere like that sort of stuff. it's it's equivalent to that but mathematics instead it's yeah. much much cheaper much much cheaper wow so, yeah, when you want weak signals, radio signals are your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get much weaker than radio. It's crazy, actually. Yeah, it's madness. Your phone is 300 times brighter in radio than the brightest radio galaxies at the, that we're trying to detect. So, possibly more because i got an Android and these things do not have good shielding. They just like, leak, leak have, like bastards. Yes. This is a cancer machine. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. Not a bloody cancer machine. Yeah, no, you can get autism from listening to one of these. That's <laughs> only if you inject it directly into your bloodstream. Yeah, yeah, that's which is fair, fair enough. Scott Driscoll, one of our no, that's... dearest friends, and more importantly, a top tier patron and source of a juicy fifteen dollars US per month, sent me a message. 
He said, if you do a crypto zoo about the Wombles, you don't have to insult me on the podcast. And to that, I say, how dare you? Number one, my creative virtue is not for sale. How dare you attempt to bribe me to subvert my editorial purity? And more importantly, number two, Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the crypto zoo. That is a corker of an idea. <laughs> Underground, overground, mm. wombling free. The mm. wombles of Wimbledon Common are we. Making yes. good use of the things that we find, things that the everyday folks leave behind. The Womble, well, the British book series and television series, The Wombles, narrated... Mm to my surprise, by Bernard Cribbins. Oh! Oh, from Doctor Who fame. Well, yeah. for me. Yes. Yeah, that could be any British person, yes, yes. at this <laughs> point. <laughs> As I said, it's like, oh, good point. Yes, that's true. Whoops. Uh, yes. Gregoire, what the heck is a womble? What can yeah. you tell me about wombles? They're gnomish kind of things. It looks like a gnome and a rat had a sexy time and had a baby. Had a conjunction. Yeah, kind of conjunction. They had a they have a ratty kind of face, um, as in a, as as a, yeah. they, they they have they have a muzzle. They look like they have yeah, a muzzle, like a pointy muzzle. Yes, and they, they wear clothes and they're kind of hairy, but their face isn't hairy. So I'm thinking like a I'm thinking like a possum, like an opossum, not not one of they our. They do possums, have but... an opossum vibe to them, don't they? Yeah, but they're not insane and scream <laughs> like a possum. Sir. No, so they're, they're surprisingly of... British. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, they wear clothes. They're intelligent. They can speak. They can. They have societies, but small groups. They don't seem to have cities. They seem to live well. The ones we know of, anyway. Hmm. Maybe that's kind of like watching the Kardashians and, and trying to work at all humanity from them. Like it's not that's not fair. But uh, I mean, we can't all rise to their heights. That's true. They're, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's and that's about it. And they do make kind of like the Fraggles. They they recycle and they clean up. They recycle. They clean mm. up refuse. And, and also, the song confused me. The underground, overground, because it was I, for a long time I didn't know what a Wimbledon Common was. So as a child, I didn't know. Mm. So is it the Wombles of Wimbledon, comma Common are we? So these be lots of them in my mind. The Wombles mm. of Wimbledon are very numerous, but later on I realised no, Wimbledon Common is a place. Yes, and where they play the Wombles the are there. Yes, yes, right. So they, they, may, they may not be common; they may be very, very small. In fact, endangered. Uh, they're not common creatures. Hmm. Mm. That's well, what I know. The, well, I mean, they might be endangered because they live amongst, uh, you know, in, in a city sort of area. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, cities, but but some animals that live in cities, like you know, we wipe out lots of animals and destroy their habitat. Mm. But some animals do really well in, in because of that, true. like dogs, cats, and rats, and possums, and other animals are doing quite well because of us. We lean up cheetahs, cheetahs, big cats. Yeah, there are some. Uh, I think they're. Oh, I'm going to get so much of this so wrong. But there <laughs> are. I think it's in India. I think there are towns in India where there are these big cats. Oh, they're leopards, I think. Leopards. Leopards, yes. Yes. Sorry. Leopards that are sneaking into towns and eating eating dogs. Yes. Yeah. I I saw a documentary about that in a graveyard and they were just, they were in a hide and this animal knew exactly where they were because it could smell them. (laughs) Mm. And they're like, oh, this leopard's coming. Yeah. Leopards. Scary. Coyotes or coyotes. 
Yeah. They seem to do quite well with us. They live on our borders and then come running into town and run around. As do dingoes. In dingoes. That's true. <laughs> yes. Mm. But these things don't really... But like they come in and they eat the food of humans, but they don't, yes. sort, of, they don't sort of recycle our stuff. Well, that could, we could say they are. We could say rats are recycling our waste and cockroaches. But I know they're what you just, mean. They're, ju- they're just eating. Uh, yeah, they're sure, eating sure. stuff. Like the, the, the wombles are not just going through our bins and eating our, our, our no. the stuff no, we throw out. They're using the things that we left behind. Mm. Mm. So are there any animals that do that? <laughs> that use the stuff that we leave behind. I, when there, once again, there are rats' nests and there are... Yeah, animals have a habit of oh, yeah making nests of things, I'm going to say. Not just nests, Gents. Gregoire, mm. but bowers. Bowers? Ooh, a bowerbird. Yes, Ooh. the satin male bowerbird decorates its bower with colourful flowers, berries, feathers, and snakeskin. They can mm. use a variety of colours, but many of them favour the colour blue. Blue is a colour that can be very difficult to find in nature. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or at least it used to be. Because nature's favourite wingman, the human being, is giving male bowerbirds the support they need. <laughs> we manufacture and discard blue clothes pegs, straws, plastic bottle lids, and fetching plastic bottle rings that can fit neatly over the male's head, digging comfortably into its neck. These trinkets don't biodegrade, so they can last a lifetime. Even the lifetime of the males who don't choke to death because of the refuse. Oh. A different bird called the Bullock's Orioli will straight up make their nest a bright green plastic fuck palace. <laughs> the whole thing, <laughs> bright green, luminescent in the sun. But these, Gregoire, are simple decorations. Let's take a look at the black kite. Mm. This bird takes white plastic bags to adorn its nest. It's not decoration, it's using this to signal its toughness. Stronger birds will have more white in their nest to contrast them against. Now, before plastic, they may have used cloth or paper, and before that, perhaps wool from sheep, or perhaps yep. the ba- behaviour appeared as the materials appeared. That's, but, I, I want to kind of break in there. That's that's something that I was about to ask. White makes more sense to me. There are white things in the world that you could grab before there was humans doing their own thing. But blue, blue there wouldn't have been a lot of blue for bowerbirds to grab, especially in... I mean, berries, I guess. Berries, Fruits? flowers, feathers. Flowers. Feathers, yeah, I guess. Which is probably have... why they're a great indicator to females of how diligent a bird can be. Because if a, ba- a bower bird can amass a blue bower, then mm. they're probably going to put the... They're going to be a better father, to, mm. the, to mm. the, a better sire to the eggs, than one that's just like, oh, here's a bunch of green I threw together. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes yeah, I can see that. So now it's just we're just ruining bowerbirds by making everything too easy. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Well, we want to get them laid. Mm. <laughs> 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 just made a joke. Cool. Okay. <laughs> now with the black kite, you can actually add extra white into their nest, and they'll come back and they'll chuck it out. <laughs> They don't want to misrepresent themselves. Oh. Like the amount of white is a direct indication yep. of how strong they are. So they're honest. They're, they're honest. honest. Oh, that's lovely, yes. Now, bees have discovered that they don't have to bother with those miserly flowers for their fructose. Mm. Nature's old friend, the humans, have got them covered. <laughs> An M&M's factory in France sold their waste chemicals to a biogas plant. 
those sugar-rich chemicals were left exposed to the air and those lucky, lucky bees got to take it back to the hive. And imagine the joy that the beekeepers had when their honeys turned out to be a rainbow of honeys, ranging from algal bloom umber all the way to swamp green. (laughs) The beekeepers were so in love with the honey that they designated them as unmarketable, just so that they could keep them all to themselves. Was it was it dangerous or was it was it just people just don't want to buy green honey? People don't want to buy green honey. Right. Yeah, green eggs and ham, not something you want to eat or purchase. Weirdly enough, golden honey seems mm. to be the one that sells the best. Right. Rather than murky green. That seems to be a failure in marketing now. I'm sure that if you had the right marketing, don't buy your granddad's honey. Get down down to our honey. Honey, it's green. Mm, green honey. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know it's environmental. Why don't you follow the link that, I, that I'll have in the show notes to a Ooh. picture of the honey, and you'll yes. see just how appetizing it is. Oh, okay. So it's not like green and gold, like Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. No, it's, it's not like no. luminescent, like emerald green. Oh, nice. It is definitely swamp green. Oh. Like, you, okay. know, where, you know those places where, where oh. frogs look real happy? <laughs> and you're like, sure. no, I'm not, I'm not touching that. I'm good. It's, this belongs to the amphibians, and I'm happy for that to be. Yes, so. yes. They can keep it. <laughs> That's where they live now. But sugar, Greg, is sugar. That's what sugar is for, is for mm. turning into honey. The Wombles will upcycle objects for new purposes. Mm-hmm. Now, hermit crabs will abandon their old shell and move into a new shell as they grow in size. Mm-hmm. Hermit crabs on the Okinawa coastline have discovered that toothpaste lids and water bottle lids are just as good, if not better, than their old <laughs> shells. <laughs> they, they, they protect them. They're light. They're easy yes. to use. They are lucky, yep. lucky crabs. Well, you offer a hermit crab a new shell, like a fake shell or whatever you give it, and it'll kind of go, oh, and it'll pop out and it'll check it to make sure it's big enough. And it'll go, yep, okay, cool, and it'll dart in, and that's where it lives now. At least it's old shell. And so all these – it suddenly becomes a buyer's market, and they're all desperately, like, getting rid of a shell and grabbing the next one. And then they'll go, ooh, and it sort of grabs that shell, and yes. everyone kind of upscales to the next one. Yeah, they're like iPads. You, yes. Like, you buy a new iPad, and your old one goes to your dad, and then his old <laughs> one goes to your stepmom. <laughs> Yes, it all just shuffles exactly. down, and then some four-year-old kids playing with a, an iPad with a big crack on the screen and loves it. No, I think it's the best thing. Yeah, not yeah. even on. Just, just look at their reflection. <laughs> now the wombles don't really look like hermit crabs to me. No, no, they 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 look they're mammalian. They have fur. They certainly I mean, look mammalian. I couldn't really find any mammals though that upcycled rubbish. Dolphins yeah. play with plastic yeah. bags like they were jellyfish. Yeah, but what we're really looking for is a sort of a form of tool use. Because mm. that's what these wombles are doing. They're taking an object and they're trying to find their own use for it. Okay, I'm still looking at a picture. I just they they uh, maybe that's not a muzzle. Maybe that's a beak. Like <gasps> what an interesting perception. Why don't we take <laughs> a look at the Australian magpie? Ooh, not a true magpie. It's actually a great big butcher bird. Uh, yep, yep. These guys are super smart. They can incorporate wires and cables into their nest. Those nests are not falling apart, even if their young is stuck and tangled within. That's right. Magpies are turning our trash into their babies' playpens. Oh, Very effective so playpens. Those birds sometimes will just not escape. <laughs> 
But the most interesting scenario that I found was a species of North American finch. Birds mm. often have to deal with parasites, and this bird has developed a cool trick. It recovers cigarette butts and lines its nest with them. The tobacco leaves have chemicals that repel parasitic mites. The used cigarette butts are filled with the tobacco chemicals, and the finches are happier to have them in their nest. These brilliant birds figured out a way of putting a barrier between them and the most frustrating part of their life. Uh, they're lucky that we're around, Greg. But they, but look, look, we are without them. What what would they be doing? Nothing. Nothing important. Now, the only thing about this, though, the only thing about your idea about them being birds is that they mm. live underground, whereas birds mm. rather famously mm. tend to live in the sky. Yes, or at least on the on the ground, not underground. Mm. Yes. Why don't I introduce you to the burrowing owl? Ooh. The burrowing owl is a North American bird and is the only small owl species to perch on the ground. When threatened, instead of flying away, it will flatten itself to the ground and make a noise like a rattlesnake. Right. Burrowing owls live in the old burrows of badgers or prairie dogs. They're already upcycling tech from other animals. Right, yes. There's, I was thinking of a New Zealand bird. I had to quickly look it up. There's one called a wecker or a wood hen, and it's a flightless bird like many there in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's a violent, horrible thing, but it also lives... I don't know if it lives underground, though. I don't know. Well, that's thinking. interesting you should say that because the thing about... Mm. What's the thing about flightless birds that's so prominent? Well, they don't fly. They don't fly. What? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That, that's true. And if you extend that, because they what do live. birds need to fly... Wings. Wings and flying feathers. Yes, that's like yes. Like proper, those feathers that mash, mesh yes. together like these blades through the air. They don't need that. What's the no, thing yeah. about all, all, your, all your ground birds, your flightless birds, fluffy as fuck. Yeah, yes, because they just need it for warmth. That's right. So, and it almost looks like fur or some sort of fur-like covering. It's hmm. a down. So yes. you look at a womble, pointy mm. face. Downy yep. fur all over them. Yeah, yep, lives yep. in burrows. Mm-hmm. Upcycles stuff. Some sort of bird. Then there's one last thing. Mm. The wombles mm-hmm. have an alpha, Uncle Bulgaria. He tells the other wombles what to do, and he just sits in the burrow. Mm-hmm. So birds of a feather, quite famously, Gregoire, they flock together. I, I've heard this. There's yes. no leader. They just move as one cohesive group. Mm. But mm-hmm. that's not the case with chickens. They are the birds that informed the phrase pecking order. Chickens have <laughs> yes. an alpha who can peck other birds. There is also a bottom chicken who can't peck anyone. All the hens sit somewhere inside that order. Before a pecking order is established amongst a group of birds, there's a lot more fighting, but fighting uses up valuable resources. Mm-hmm. With a pecking order in place, there's a lot less wasted effort and energy because you know who's above you and who's below you based on who's pecking you and who isn't pecking you. Yeah. So the wombles, with Mm. their fine downy feathers, their pointed beaks, and their pecking order, are, in my opinion, birds. Brilliant, tool-using birds. And and being led by Great Uncle Bulgaria, who is just just a giant cock. Yes. Yes, their chief cock, Uncle Bulgaria. (laughs) That's right. Excellent. That makes sense. And I'm, I'm even happy to say that due to evolution, because I'm trying to work out if they have a mouth underneath or their noses or they don't seem to, because they don't split that kind of what we call their nose. It may, but it well, may they be don't huge. have moving lips at all. 
No, they it, they maybe have it's a fused. It could just be a fused because I mean birds evolved from dinosaurs. Birds are dinosaurs technically. Yeah. So and, and they so dinosaurs had muzzles and so their birds have beaks and they, and they're not muzzles. So I don't see why it couldn't fuse shut mm. and become more well, muzzle like. They don't necessarily communicate with noises that humans would recognize. It's all narrated by Bernard Cribbins, and he mm. says what the characters are saying to each other, but you never really see the character saying it. They just sort of wobble their heads. But, so maybe they, the yeah. wobbling of the head is their communication. It's a little they, dance. They, they speak into <laughs> little dances. I like making terrible like noises inside their, their fused beaks. Possibly just whistling like birds do. Yes, yes, sure. Birds, birds whistling, yeah, singing. Whistling birds. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this makes perfect sense to me. We've just dis- we've discovered and solved it finally. Everyone sleep soundly tonight. Wombles and, are birds. And as a nice side effect, I no longer have to insult Scott. <laughs> Whatever again? Just in the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Listeners, this is the point where we usually do the walk of shame, but we don't have any walk of shames this week. Like no oh. one sent me in a walk of shame to pull Greg up on, so I guess we're oh, just gonna dang. move on to huh? Oh, Dan. Oh, oh, sweet summer child. Oh, Dan. So you've I, got a walk of shame, but I, I have a but walk no of one shame. sent me one. Yes. This yes, is a yes. very rare occurrence, Greg. <laughs> it's very, I'm very excited. So this is from Eric, and Eric has a walk of shame for Dan. And in the last podcast, when talking about dairy milk, dairy Dan milk? says, Yes. Why isn't urine sterile? Why isn't urine sterile? Yes, because it touches the penis when it comes out. Yes. This is what you said. Do you yep. stand by this? Yes. I mean, you could have a bladder infection and it wouldn't yes. be sterile. But it's, and we talked about that. We did. It's sterile but, and then it comes out and touches yep. you on the penis, which right. are, is gross. Yes. and uh, My wife doesn't true. touch me on my penis because of the health implications. <laughs> but as Eric points out, I'm pretty certain that only... Roughly 49% of the population's urine will actually touch a penis as it comes out. Just saying. <gasps> oh, yeah. So it never women occurred pee, to me Dan. that women, women would pee. want to drink urine as well. <laughs> or that men would want to drink women's urine. Actually, no, that's a lot more. Yeah. But beyond that, yes, of course. What he's saying is women have a urethra and women have yeah. don't have penises as well. There, there are people with penises. People with penises can pee out of their penises and people without penises also pee. Yeah, so they, and that pee could, like, splat against the uh, the, the vulva, vulvic folds. And then, sure. Same problem. Same yeah, problem. Right. But you're right. Not gross. Not Hilarious. all people send their urine through a penis. That's oh, right, yes. Good catch. That is, a, that is a great one. Well done, Eric. Yep. Knock it out of the park. (laughs) If you hear either of us make a mistake in the podcast, please do contact us on our email addresses, which will be found on the website. Yeah. And that's a walk of shame. I don't know why it's... I I tailed off a bit there. You're waiting for something. Nothing came. Ladies and gentlemen, the walk of shame. The walk of shame. The walk of shame. Oh, wait. No, I just play the music. That's what that's for. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And also Greg at smartenough.org. You can get along to our website, smartenough.org, to click on any of the many buttons to get you to social media or RSS feeds, subscriptions, show notes. 
Yep. All we love when people stuff. go onto Twitter especially and at SC2KB and chat to us. We're always happy to hear from you. We try and get back to you. Send us messages through there. Sometimes it would take a bit while, long time. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, yeah, especially this time of year. But get in contact. Let us know. Where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you right now? But we're listening. I'm always intrigued because in the past I knew we had a lot of Finnish listeners. Not sure we do anymore. But uh, I, we have a fair idea. But if you're listening to us in an exotic location on the planet Earth, let us know. I'd love to know the most exotic place you've listened to smart enough to know better. Hmm. Now, if you'd like to support the podcast, there are many ways you can do so. You can drop a little bit of change into our tip jar on the website. You can yep. buy a shirt from the website. Yes. Or you could become a patron. And if you are a... Oh, 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 Dan, Dan, yes. Dan, Dan. I, out of the blue, out of nowhere, yes. I got money from Redbubble for shirts. Someone bought a shirt. Someone bought a number of shirts. Hey. There were a number of, sh- a number of shorts were sold. <laughs> so, yes, thank you, whoever you were. Thank you very much. I don't know who it is because Redbubble doesn't tell me the information. But amazing. Thank you very much. It was very cool. Brilliant. More than one. More than one. I think, I think about four shorts, but shirts have been sold recently. Very exciting. Excellent. Now, if you are a Tier 2 patron member, then you're giving us five bucks five bucks a month, bucks. which is that's, great. That's, Thank you so much. It's, and it's, it's so nice. We, 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 I read your name out on the podcast. And so I'm, I'm going to, to make Womble-esque noises in the background. There are no Womble-esque noises. It's all just narration from Bernard Cribbins. Well, what I think they're going to sound like. All right, all right, all right, all right. little flight of fancy. Wonderful. <coughs> well, find up on the birds. Well, flight, no. they're flightless birds. We've already oh. established. Damn it. Flightless of fancy. Okay. A flightless of flight, fancy. A flight of fancylessness? Mm. Oh, yep. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much to Morden O'Hare, Avi Greenbury, Gary Heather, Matthew oh, Toy, Ilana Mitchell, Michael Barnes, Steve E., Grania Maguire, Elizabeth Yunkin, Lindsay Jenkinson, Phil Holland, Andrew Potts, Matt Ewers, Andrew Whitehurst and Britta Rogowski. Now, I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not happy with those noises because I just realised they're making lots of noises and how do they have their lips? Or maybe they yeah. do have lips. No, they, they, might, not, they, they might have a crop inside. I mean, it's a crop noise. Okay, it's be. a crop noise. Okay. Now, yeah. Britta Rogowski has Ooh. requested that I stop pronouncing her name as Rogowski. Okay, fair enough. Okay, she says it doesn't rhyme with cow in the middle. Yes. She said she'd prefer it if her name rhymed with Tchaikovsky. Oh, look who's comparing herself to famed 19th century Russian composer Poeta Ilrich Tchaikovsky. Mm. Did you reconcile structured Western musical dogma with traditional native musical practices, Britta? Is that what you're saying? Seems to me like someone needs a reminder to check their ego. But Britta <laughs> Rogowski isn't paying for that because she's a Tier 2 patron. Yep, Only yep. Tier 1 patrons get to be immersed <laughs> in that sweet, sweet humility. <laughs> you get a free one. Can I say, though, uh, another Tchaikovsky you should be aware of is Adrian Tchaikovsky. And Adrian Tchaikovsky is an author, sci-fi author, who wrote the Children of Time and the Children of Ruin novels. And I really like them. They're really, really good. So they're, yeah, a bit of sci-fi. And it's all about uplifting humans, up trying to uplift some apes on another planet. Sending apes to another planet and then uplifting them to be intelligent. And then going, we'll come back in 10,000 years once you've worked it out. And everything goes wrong. And uh, 
things go badly wrong and but something else happens i don't want to ruin it for you but it's worth it's worth reading it's really cool so that's children of time and children of ruin by tchaikovsky or maybe the monkeys the whole time it's us no it's no 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 humans have very little to do with it so our tier one patrons are paying us to be abused right yes it's so weird so this time Mm-hmm. Because it's the festive season, Ooh. I have decided to associate their names with phrases from a Christmas lunch discussion. Oh, no. I'm already sad. I'm not a racist, <laughs> but... Oh, no. I'm not a racist, but sometimes when you're at the oh, shops, no. there no. are so many Steve Stewarts around, it just doesn't even feel like Australia anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> That's uh, sadly true. Sadly true. People are too I, sensitive these days, Greg. Why? Mm, it's mm-hmm. getting that you can't even make a Mikkelkita without some snowflake overreacting. <laughs> right. And finally, well, that's because Tom Seary runs Hollywood. Oh. And, and one more thing, one more thing that's said at the end, uh, mm. at a Christmas lunch. Merry Christmas to Al Batson and to Drisk all a Scott Knight. Should that have been a great Scott? Ah, oh, that should have been a great Scott. Yes, you should have, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. You have, to pay, you have to pay again next year. Yeah. Now, you'll notice a slightly fewer patron. Yes, patrons yes. This time round. Um, and so, uh, you know, a couple of our patrons, uh, you know, difficult time. Yeah, difficult that's time. Fine. Of course, absolutely. And I think I speak for both uh, Greg and myself, when I say you're dead to us, you're dead to us. How dare you? I would have rather you'd never even donated at all. That you t- I, I, are you breaking true. up with this? Are you bra- like, this is, this is such a, such an offense, such an offense. We can change. We can, we change. can change. We can. We'll, 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 I'll do more crypto zoos. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll bring back pit my time. Anything. Come on, man. <laughs> Just give us one more chance. <laughs> we are that desperate it's the end of the year a big thank you to everyone who has donated at all or oh, absolutely yes. who has simply just taken the time to contact us because as greg says we love reading your stuff it's fun to hang out with each other but other than that it's all sort of going into the void and it's mm. only when we hear back that we can hear when th- things are touching a nerve and getting and people are excited about stuff or horrified so much horrified that's right so you know whether you're telling us the bits that you liked or just correcting pronunciation we're glad to hear from you (laughs) yes it really makes our day to know how much the podcast is touching your life so yeah merry christmas happy holidays to all except for our top tier patrons and to all a good night goodbye everyone be well be nice to each other even if you're working try i don't know just disconnect take just disconnect the matrix from your brain for a couple of weeks and just wear your underwear and eat what you want to eat and have some fun. And we're going to help you with that because there's not going to be a Wild Wonders Why this month. <laughs> yes, there will not be a Wild Wonders Why because uh, I need to stop and, and take a break. And But we will be back in January with the normal podcast, of course, because lots of cool stuff lined up for 2021. So come back then. But we'll try and do something interesting. We, we'll we'll see what happens. Make no promises. This we'll is all being dropped on me, listeners, right now. Yeah, that's like, I was just planning on 2021 being even like more set in my ways. <laughs> I just 
just just even getting old stories and just reading them out again, and like Ooh. with fewer jokes. And suddenly it's like, oh, well, no, Greg's all, oh, let's step up. It's like, oh, do we have to? All right, all right. I will look next year. But yes, thank you much, as Dan said, to our listeners. And I do appreciate you all getting in contact with us. We'd love to know what you're thinking about anything and everything. It's a weird time of the year and a weird time of history. So let's all stick together, our Smartsies. Are we calling you Smartsies? Are yeah, Smartsies. 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 The Smartsies. Smartsies. The Smartsies Menace. The Smartsies Menace. And as we always like to say... The bottom is the best bit! You just went black and white. Good lord. Your video is streaming out. It's being weird. I think it's trying okay. to deal with low bandwidth issues or something. Oh, okay. Oh, you're you're fine for me. Like It's all, mm. all normal on your side. Oh, on my side, sorry. It's all right. You just have to deal with me in purple and blue then. But I want the clown colours. <laughs> like if I was walking along a beach and I saw a big crowd of people doing something, my response wouldn't be to walk into that big crowd of people. My response would be to stay away from the big crowd of people <laughs> and watch. You know, yeah, and, I think that walking into a big crowd of people is probably a lot safer than walking into a little crowd of people. Mm. Yeah, I guess if six people who are, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. I it, guess so. It depends what flags they're wearing around their necks, I suppose. <laughs> to, I went to this party th- on um, Saturday night. Yeah. And people would go to shake my hand, and I would just hold up the elbow. Yeah. And they go, yeah. oh, yeah. And they'd bump the elbow and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And most people were really good about that. I still do that. I just I was doing lots of people going, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I just I do it too. I just go, hey, how you doing? And give them the elbow. If people are like a little bit taken aback, it's like, I'm, just, I'm just trying to stay in the habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people go, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm really anxious or you're filthy. It's like, I'm saying, I'm trying to stay in the habit just in case. Also, I don't want to touch you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I, I'm, I'd be happy if I never shook another person's hand again. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I'm not a big one of shaking hands either. Well, I, so, well, I, I quite like handshaking. It feels very adult. I, I, like the, I, like the, I like the process, but I more prefer the fact that I haven't had a head cold in 19 months. <laughs> That's the best. Do you really want to have someone poke you in the back of your sinuses? No. Let's just not do it. All right. (laughs) You're the doctor, doctor. (laughs) You know, Eloise. Poor Eloise has got like three three different stabs to the brain in the last couple of months. I'm like, oh, poor thing. (laughs) Stop it. It's just a cold. But I guess, yeah, you want to be Mm. careful. And some people, they're they're fine. They're like, no, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. A little bit of a Okay. And other people are like, it was horrible. I'd rather not if I don't have to get one. Have you had one? No, but I have had a paddle stuck up my nose when my um, okay. when my tooth thing happened and punctured yeah. through to my sinuses and they're trying to like clot it from the other side. So the, the doctor's like, I'm just going to put this up your nose. I'm like, I'm sorry. And he goes, Fuh! it's like a paddle pop stick just goes, junk. I'm like, my bra- and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm having thoughts that aren't mine. 